Hi, friends. This is Pastor Dan Jackson. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Jacobswell Church. My hope and prayer is that this message will be a blessing to you and lead you into worshiping and enjoying our great and gracious God. With that said, let me encourage you to use this message as a supplement to and not a replacement of a local church. Christ did not establish his church simply for us to consume messages, but so that we could be intimately invested in each other's lives as an authentic covenant community. Again, thank you for listening. And if you want more information about Jacobswell Church, please visit our website at www.jacobswellgb.org. So it's a joy and a blessing. Uh, please open your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark. We're continuing uh, the series uh, in the Red Bible. It, you'll find it on page 843. We're going to be reading Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. Mark 8, verse 1. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come for far away. And his disciples answered him, how can one feed these people with bread in this desolate place? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? They said, seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves. And having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that this also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces, left over seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people. And he sent them away. This is God's word. Join with me in prayer. Father, we now ask that you use the preaching of your word to talk to our hearts and direct our minds and lives to serve you. Have mercy and compassion on us who are in need of you. Convince us of our sin and misery. Illuminate our minds in the knowledge of Christ. Renew our wills and enable us to embrace Jesus Christ as he's offered to us in this gospel. Amen. Today we are uh, going to talk about a miracle of the feeding of the 4,000. And I hope you ate some breakfast because we're going to be talking about food. We're going to be talking about fresh made uh, food and, uh, and some uh, fish sandwiches. Uh, a few weeks back, uh, a dear brother invited me to, to eat, and he asked for a sandwich, a fish sandwich. So I said, okay, I'll have the same. Uh, and it was good. 
I, I found out today that it's called uh, perch fish. It was, it was a good sandwich. I, I do have to say that I, I, I added some hot sauce. <laughs> but uh, it, it was good. It was a good meal. I thank you for this, brother. Uh, today we'll see the people feeding uh, the 4,000 uh, hungry people. And at the same time, while we hear this story about Jesus feeding them, he will feed us through his preaching uh, word. I want to mention some similarities be, uh, between the feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000. And later, in a moment, I will show you a chart, but not yet. In the feeding of the 4,000, uh, um, there is the same question about the, what's available to eat, the available food. There's also a command to recline. Uh, they have essentially the same word sequence used for serving loaves. They have the same result. They gather the leftovers at the end, and there's a dismissal. Now, I want to show you in a chart uh, what is different. Only because when I started studying this passage, my mind wanted to resolve the situation about, okay, how many loaves here, how many loaves of here, and how many fishes, and how many. So I don't want us to leave this morning doing the math, I wanted our minds to rest on this so we can move on, okay? So, in the feeding of the 5,000, the people were with Jesus one day, and today we'll see that they've been with him three days. Uh, when it comes to food, they have five loaves and two fish, now they have seven loaves and some small fish. Uh, they were sitting on the grass back then, now they're sitting on the ground, uh, they have 12 small Baskets, now they have seven large baskets. There are different baskets. Uh, there's a different place. They, are, they were in Bethsaida, now in the Capitalist, and the people were also uh, different. Most, they were mostly Jews, now are mostly uh, uh, Gentiles. So there is difference, and this for sure uh, gives testimony that we're talking about uh, two different Events. It is not the 5,000 being repeated again and telling us in a different way. Um, now, go with me to verse 1 and let's look, for, let's look at the first couple of words on verse 1. It says, In those days when again a great crowd had gathered. It starts with, In those days when again. There was a, a healing of a, of a dead mute in the previous chapter. I, I hope you remember. It took place in the area of Decapolis. This miracle is linked with the first words in those days. So this suggests the feeding took place on the east side of the Sea of Galilee in Gentile territory. It also starts with saying, again, this means this, this has already happened. There, there has been already a crowd, a hungry crowd. This is not the first time a crowd is hungry with no food. And this, even though it's not our main point, but it speaks right to us because we not only need Jesus one time, but we need him again and again. And we come to him again and again in repentance. Now, uh, Jesus is going to act on this knowledge. He's know, he knows that they're hungry and he's going to do something about it. He has a plan. He calls his disciples right away and he tells them uh, something very important. Look at verse 2. It says, I have 
compassion on the crowd. I have compassion on the crowd. In the feeding of the 5,000, back in chapter 6, he mentions that he had compassion on the crowd because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, he has compassion again, but for a different reason. Back then, he had compassion for their spiritual need. Now, in our passage today, we'll see that he has compassion for their physical need. I, I hope uh, the sound of the microphone doesn't distract you. Uh, I don't know what happened, but let, let's, let's keep digging into our passage. The word compassion. The word compassion refers to the tender mercy of God. In modern language, we could say it's a feeling like in one's God, our heart, a deep emotion, a deep empathy for another person. It has the idea of, of being moved deeply within in the seat of emotions. It's an expression of, of the gracious disposition of God towards men. It's, this word is not a word that you use for people who will you naturally feel compassion. But for those far removed and even offensive, uh, those, the, the lepers, the revolutionaries, the Gentiles, the demon possessed. The passage tells us why Jesus had compassion. He says, they have been with me three days and have nothing to eat. These people were interested in following Jesus that they didn't care so much about they were, what they were going to eat. Or, or maybe, maybe, maybe their moms forgot to pack them lunch. But they, they, they don't care about the food. They're being feeding by the teachings of Jesus. Uh, and Jesus not only recognizes the need, but he identifies himself with this need. Jesus could empathize with their hunger, having experienced it himself for 40 days. Jesus is being affected by the situation. A popular Christian book that talks about Christ's compassion says the following. I quote, This compassion reflects the deeper heart of Christ. Whatever Christ did, he did it out of love and grace and mercy. Jesus is not only one who loves, but one who is love. Let me read you a, a passage from Hebrews uh, 5, uh, 4.15. It talks about Christ, and it says, For we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Friends, we don't have a God who is only interested in our salvation, and then later for our resurrection only. But he's interested in our need and our pain, like Pastor David was mentioning today, our grieving um, for the events that happened. I'm sure uh, that it has happened to you that you're working in a project, and you're so interested in finishing it, you're so, uh, you care so much about this that you, you forgot, or, or you don't pay attention to uh, to the food. Now, Mark uses an interesting word when he talks about remain, meaning the people remaining with him. 
He's implying a special devotion and commitment to Jesus. The crowd has not been accidentally present, but intentionally, intentionally with him. Yeah, thank you. All right, perfect. All right. Okay, this is much better. Uh, today we've been having trouble with the microphone, even in the morning. So with the, uh, with the microphone, with the microphone, and then uh, with the, with the, oops, with uh, my French accent, I don't know how you'll be able to understand anything I say. Here we go. Are you got okay. Thank you. Sorry, we tried to prevent this, but no. Things like this happen. Things don't work according to plan, but it's fine. So um, these people were were not the ones that were complaining. Oh, uh, where's the food? We just want to go. We've been with you three days. <laughs> no, uh, they are interested in listening to him. Something similar happened to a guy named Eutychus. He was listening to Paul's preaching, and he prolonged so much that he fell asleep. But he was on the window. That was the problem. He was sitting on the, on the third-story window. He fell asleep. He, he falls. Later, Paul goes and checks, and he's fine. Prays for him, and he continues the lectures. So something like this happened. Uh, you can see that in Acts chapter 20 uh, later. But uh, Jesus is unwilling to send them hungry. Uh, they, they don't want to, he doesn't want to just say, okay, you're dismissed. Jesus has the authority to dismiss them. He tells them to sit down, and at the end, he dismissed them. So he has the authority to say, okay, lesson is over, okay, you can go now. But he doesn't do that. Let me tell you uh, how much my wife and I, we're loving, or we love the American culture. In Mexico, when you do a, a party, a celebration in your home, you tell the guests, okay, it's going to start at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock. And that's all you tell them. The problem is that it gets to 9, 10, and they don't leave. This is a problem because... Now you need to find creative ways to let them know, okay, uh, we got, you need to go because we need to get ready for, for tomorrow, right? So I, I like how it's here. You know what time you need to arrive and what time you need to leave. So that's great. It's so helpful, right, for, for school and work. Uh, so he's done, uh, but he doesn't say, okay, that's not my problem. And... They're going to faint, but they're not going to faint here. They're going to faint over there far away from it. No, he, he cares. He has compassion. He has compassion uh, for them. Um, and Jesus is able to see their need, their misery. And Jesus' mercy shows out to be greater than, than their need uh, and their situations. Let me mention some applicatory questions, some questions that apply to us, to you and me. Are we following Jesus only when things are okay? Are we following Jesus where we have plenty of food and plenty of stuff? 
Are we willing to stay committed to him only the one day we come to church? Are we willing to travel far to serve him and listen to the preaching of his word? Do we care more for our physical need than our spiritual need? Do we seek God for our salvation or for our pleasure? Are we the crowd that seeks Jesus for the blessing or we are the crowd that stays with him regardless? The disciples care so much about right doctrine and right living and their own righteousness that they forgot the physical needs of their neighbors. Now, in, in our second point, we'll see that not, we, we'll be able to see not only the heart of Christ, but the hands, his heart being compassionate and acting. Um, we see the, the satisfaction through the blessing. Look, at, look with me to verse 4. It says, and his disciples answered him after he said that he had compassion. The disciples answered him. How can one feed these people with bread here in the desolate place? So the disciples' response is like, huh? What? <laughs> How? Feed these people with bread in this desolate place? Now, my first reaction was to think, did they forget? Do they lack intelligence or common sense that they forgot about the feeding of the 5,000? Right? That's what we tend to think. At least that was my first reaction but no they remember look at the same chapter chapter 8 verse 19 with me Jesus says to the disciples hey guys when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000 how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up and they answer 12 and the seven for the 4,000 how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up they say seven so they remember. So the problem is not that disciples forgetfulness. Um, the disciples, back in the feeding of the 5,000, made a suggestion. If you look with me in chapter 636, I'm, we're not moving too far, just one page down. Verse 636, the disciples make a suggestion to Jesus. They say to him, Jesus, send them away to go into the surrounding countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So in the feeding of the 5,000, they were surrounding towns and villages. Now, there are no surrounding towns or villages. There's nothing surrounding. They are in the desert, in the wilderness. So the disciples' question magnifies the miracle that Jesus is about to perform. And the situation is even more desperate than before because it's not merely mid-late afternoon after a half day of teaching. Rather, the people have been already with Jesus for three days without food. So they're asking, Jesus, what is the source? What is, from what source can someone feed these people? The disciples' mistake was to first look at the circumstances their possibilities, their, their resources, their network, their connections, their location, instead of looking to Jesus for the blessing. Now, look at verse 4 
the disciples, what the disciples said about the crowd. They said, how can one feed these people? So the disciples are not showing a lot of compassion. He's kind of like saying, who can feed this? I mean, those. Those. They're probably thinking they're the ones that don't wash their hands. Uh, they're, they're probably uh, more like those demon dog daughters and, and, and like the deaf dog from the capitalists. They lack compassion. But Christ has enough compassion. Uh, this passage spoke to me uh, uh, deeply because in my, my main ministry here in Green Bay is directed to the Hispanic community. So th this passage reminded me that God has compassion for, for that, that specific community also. Those who have come from far away, he still, God still cares for them. To all of us, it should remind us that Jesus has compassion not only for the people that have the same common uh, interests or, or, or the ones that we understand and are similar to us, but also for the ones that are different, for the ones that do homeschool and the ones that don't do homeschool, and for those that are great theologians and thinkers and the ones that are, the ones that are not. Now we see that he asked them a question. How many loaves do you have? He doesn't, doesn't like uh, uh, back in Exodus, he doesn't just make bread rain from heaven. He wants to include the disciples to, to start. So he asked them, how many loaves do you guys have? I don't think the creator of all things needs our help. I don't think the omniscient God needs us to tell them, to tell them some information. He wants them to realize that what they have is not enough. He wants them also to be tools that are used to satisfy the need. He wants them to be part of the blessing, to satisfy the hunger of the people. What they have is not enough. But in the hands of the Savior and with his blessing, is more than enough. In ministry, we often feel like we don't have what it takes, and, and, and we are correct. We don't have what it takes. But if we have what it takes, if we have what we, if we take what we have, if we take what we have, and we bring it to Jesus and ask for his blessing, he can do more than plenty. Today, I didn't wake up thinking, oh, I have a great, big, nice sermon. No, but... God can use this small thing and bless us with it. Let me read you what a, a pastor said in a devotional book, Pastor David Tripp. He said the following. Knowledge of personal weakness is a blessing from God. It means that he has delivered you from the bondage of the delusion of your independent ability. And enable you to be what he created you to be and to do what he calls you to do. Having the knowledge that we are 
weak, it's a blessing, a blessing from God. Let me say something that applies to us. As parents, we make so many mistakes. Sometimes we don't give, and we, sometimes we give too much to our children. Grandparents need to remember that God still wants to use you with that little or much that you have. For the young people, God has something very important to say. In 1 Timothy 4.12, he says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. In other words, don't let nobody say, oh, you're too young. You have no experience. He said, don't let anyone tell you that. But be an example to all believers in what you say. Be an example in the way you live, in the way you love, in your faith, in your purity. And for children, he said, children, come to me. After the, this interaction with Jesus and the, and the disciples, um, Jesus directs them to sit down. He gives thanks for the food. He gives the food to the disciples. His disciples give food to the crowd. They ate and were satisfied. And there were seven full uh, baskets of leftovers. And then now he, he sends them away. Something important that the first service missed. So you, you are privileged to be in the second. Is that these guys were satisfied. Sometimes this is the part. In our sin, in our addiction, we feel like following Jesus. We think that following Jesus is going to make me miss all the fun. It's going to take me away from all the good stuff. But that's a mistake. Here we see these guys were satisfied and even had more than enough. They were satisfied and still there are leftover baskets. Now, these baskets in particular, they are bigger than the baskets when they feed the 5,000. They were big enough to carry a man. It's the same, the word used here for basket is the same word that they used in Acts 9. 25, where they lower Paul and help him escape. So these, these are big baskets. The great remaining highlights the fact that Jesus is capable, capable of providing beyond satisfaction. When you're satisfied, there's more. I used to work in a recovery program uh, for two years. And being part of that ministry was a blessing. I was a small part on the transformation of some lives. And for me, that was uh, a blessing already. Now, uh, as I'm preparing to uh, be a church planter, there's a couple of requirements. And one of the requirements is that they ask us to send some references and some of the references need to be people that you have teach or mentor or, 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 or uh, mentees. Help me, wife. So, some people that you have been an impact to. Anyway, so what did I have to do? I went back and called these men. And they were able to come and, 
and now be a blessing. So it's more, it's more than a blessing. It's, it's plenty. It's more than enough what we get when we serve God. We don't have what it takes, but if we take what we have, Jesus is able uh, to make it enough. These people, uh, they were satisfied. Uh, they ate, and they're full, and now they can live uh, without any risks. A couple of comments for, uh, to conclude. A couple of comments. First thing I, I, I would like us to remember this morning is Jesus' compassion. Jesus not only sees the need, but he identifies himself with, with this need. The journey that Jesus took is to show that he cares also for the Gentiles. The ones that were excluded by the Jews are not excluded by God. The second thing I would like us to remember is that God satisfied us beyond measure. Let us learn from this that the power of God is not restricted to means of outward assistance. The experience of the past should lead us to expect the same compassion for the future. The satisfaction and the fulfillment of our needs comes from Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life. Jesus not only has compassion for your spiritual need and for your salvation, but also for your physical need, for your problems, for the tragedy, for your sickness. God has so much compassion that he sent his son for the forgiveness of your sins. He sent the bread of life. And what else? What else do we need? That is more than plenty. That is, that is more than enough. And you are blessed abundantly. The crowd here were hungry following Jesus for three days. Jesus was willing to stay dead for three days to pay for your sins and ours. The disciples had little compassion for the hungry Christians. But Jesus shows compassion even for sinners like us. Someone said that if compassion clothed itself in a human body. And when walking around this earth, what will it look like? And he says, we don't have to wonder. If you have received and believed in the Savior, Jesus Christ, you have been made right in the sight of God. You have been brought into his family. You are being conformed into his image. You have assurance of God's love. You can have peace of conscience. He gives you the joy that this world lacks. He has grace towards you, and nothing can separate you from his hand. You have not yet received and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to repent of your sins, to turn to him, 
to the one who can only satisfy you and give you plenty. Join with me in prayer. Father, we are so thankful for your love and compassion. You were able to satisfy our needs. You, you were able to send your son and pay for our sins. Father, we ask that we keep this in mind, remembering that satisfaction comes from you and your compassion. It's greater than our need. This we pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.